listening to a Bored to Death Mando cast, talking all things Star Wars in easily digestible chunks. Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, another assorted gender assignations. Welcome back to the Bored to Death Mando cast. I am Jay, being joined by Chris. And we are back for Star Wars The Bad Batch, Episode 4. Uh, Zeke won't, won't be joining us this time. Uh, he's got something else that he wanted to watch. Uh, look out for the horror cast for Army of the Dead. Assuming they actually do it. Yeah. Um, but, so, Bad Batch. When we last left them off, uh, they had crashed on a desolate moon, had an encounter with a energy-eating like lizard dog thing. And uh, and meanwhile, Crosshair decided to get a bunch of uh, recruits for the elite squad involved in a war crime. Yes, because war crimes are always fun. Well, we need to remind everyone that the Empire is evil. But they don't see that. Yes, but I don't care how noble your intentions are. When you use a flamethrower on helpless civilians who have surrendered, that's... That's evil. Now, it makes you wonder um, whether or not they were flamethrower before, after, or during getting blasted. Yeah. Uh, at any rate, so... This episode is titled Cornered. Uh, the synopsis or summary on uh, Disney Plus just reads, The Batch's supply run goes awry. So that's probably going to be fun. And it looks like a speeder bike is involved. Yep. Um, but it's it's been interesting seeing how they're sort of world building, how the empire got things got things started with everything and and all that. Um, you know, the, with the chain code stuff and uh, how the empire wants to phase out clone troopers because it's too expensive. Well, that and plus Django's DNA is going bad. It's so. starting to degrade. Yeah, and so they're looking for new, fresh, you know, enhanced DNA. So, they're, and the Kaminoans have basically been like, we need, we only need one sample. It's just like, yeah, you don't really need to look for Omega in the batch then, because you got Crosshair right there. <laughs> He's exactly what the Empire wants. A good soldier who follows orders. Good soldiers follow orders. Yep, which is a refrain I th- I'm sure we are going to keep seeing coming along. But... Other things that happened last episode, Wrecker hit his head during their crash on the moon and started complaining of a headache, but he was clutching the same side of his head where his chip is. Now, it's not necessarily... I don't think... He was fine by the end of the episode, but I think that that knock to the head is going to keep causing problems. Yeah, but it makes you wonder what kind of problems is he going to have. Like, is he going to have, like, random moments where he's going to essentially follow Order 66? Well, remember back during the Order 66 arc in Clone Wars with Fives and uh, and Tup. The, the, Tup was the one who went who went crazy and and killed his Jedi while repeating the line "Good soldiers follow orders." And Fives then uh, tried to figure out what happened. Tup, you know, that happened. That happened after Tup got hit in the head. So. We could be seeing, we could see something like that come up, where and that's what sort of kicks the batch into really trying to find find a way to get their 
uh, scanner fixed so they can <coughs> find out where the chip is and try to remove it. I'm wondering if they might try to run, if they might uh, try to track down Rex. That's what I was guessing is that they're going to try and find Rex or any of the other clone troop, like, you know, clone troopers that actually survived. Like Gregor. Yeah. Or Wolf. Yeah, and like ones who, basically the ones that you end up seeing in Clone Wars. And Rebels. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, in Rebels. Well, it was just those three. Uh, Rex, uh, Gregor, and Wolf. Wolf was the only one that we, I don't think we had, we had met previously. Gregor was the one who had, like, had amnesia, was working in a diner that the, that the droid group, I think, found in that, like, uh, like, that's, that short arc. Yeah. Uh, I remember that one. Um... Possibly, it could always possibly be him, but um, but yeah, I'm I'm guessing that their best bet is to hunt down Rex. Yeah, Rex because Rex is the only one that only one apart from the match who is free of his programming. All well, of the others uh, succumb to it. Yeah, that's thanks to Ahsoka using the Force on the chip. Well, it was more that she stunned him and then hooked him up to a machine, used the Force to locate it, and then just told the machine cut here. <laughs> Cut here, don't kill. Basically. Um, but I'm wondering what exactly causes the supply run to go awry. Is it a case of the they run into other clone troopers who are just like, hey, you look familiar, or whatever. You know, or it could just be that they try to they steal something and they get spotted and then they're like on the run. Now, here's another one for you. What if they run into Boba Fett at some point? That'll be interesting. Boba Fett is technically a clone, um, but you know, obviously, is not a not a very conventional one because of Jango's deal with the Kaminoans. Yeah, the whole so that probably means that he doesn't have the chip in him. So there's no well, way. F- yeah, I doubt that Jango would have gone for that because he wanted a standard clone, no. Uh, <laughs> growth hormones or whatever to, to make them uh, mature more rapidly. He wanted a, like a kid that grew at a normal rate, which is what he got. And then that clone ended up becoming one of the most badass bounty hunters in the galaxy. <laughs> Who eventually goes to town on stormtroopers with a big-ass stick with a knob on the end. Yeah. Which was um, one of the most awesome scenes in The Mandalorian. Yeah, and uh, makes you wonder how he got those from the Sand People. I mean, I get the impression that he probably just treated the same people completely, you know, just sort of normally without uh, trying to uh, kill them on sight like most of the uh, other people on Tatooine did. I mean, because Mando, Mando himself proved that, you know, he was on good terms with the sand people he probably because he learned to actually speak their language. And to learn how to speak to them in sign language as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I gather the sand people uh, s- sort of use both that they that they have their own language, but they emphasize it with uh, like the hand signals and, and everything. It's a good way of silent communicating with each other. Yeah, especially since they're often sort of raiding the settlements on Tatooine for various reasons. You know, it's just sort of like if you're creeping up on a on a settlement that might be on high alert because they know that you're probably going to, tr- going to raid them. They're going to you're going to learn how to like signal to each other so you're not giving yourself away with extra noise. But at any rate, uh, bad batch. 
So, yep. yep, I think that's about all we've got to cover for this intro. So, we'll see you after the episode. Hey, while we're watching this episode, you should go ahead and toss us a like and subscribe. If you want to reach out, do it via our social media on Facebook or Twitter at BTD underscore BingeCast. The Board to Death Clan is part of the CKCC Radio Podcast Tribe, including J Bunny's Music Hub, The Race Nerd Podcast, Real Paranormal Talk, Ranking Tracks, Motivational Moves, Park Hop 101, and The Nerd Table. Imperial credits may not be worth much, but remember to support CKCC Radio on Patreon. I have spoken. And we're back. So... We only get, we only really followed the main members of the batch. No, no additional information about what's going on across here this week. But you know, not every week is gonna is gonna advance both plots. Okay. But uh, so, like we sort of mentioned in the uh, when we were reading the little summary, they went on a supply run because they're out of rations. Out of rations, low on fuel. And they have to take care of the uh, the transponder, the, the transponder that's in the ship that basically says who they are. Because well, there's an APB essentially out for them. So they, while their plan is to lay low on some uninhabited planet, um, they basically they say this is the nearest one we can get to without you know with how much fuel we have uh, because they need to touch down so that tech can make the adjustment to the transponder. So they touch down on this planet. There's like a mechanic in the spaceport who of course shakes them down for you know, they're like, you don't need to scan our ship. And he's like, I could skip that step. You know, and then he basically does the old like, you know, you gotta pay me (laughs) gesture. And shakes down Tech and Wrecker for some extra credits out of it. Which I'm intimidating him. To not, you well, know. no, he did it first, but the guy was just sort of like, yeah, but you know, I you got to pay me to make me forget about it. It's just sort of like you kill the guy; it's probably going to make even more attention. You beat the shit out of the guy, then you get a lot of attention, and he's pretty much calling the cops on you too as soon as he wakes up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're trying not to just kill people willy nilly because. They're supposed to be laying low, and this is a very crowded port town. Not modestly crowded, but still pretty crowded. Well, I mean, that's that port town was bigger than Moss Eisley. Oh yeah, it was not like a city spanning uh, or a planet spanning city like Coruscant. It was somewhere in between. Yeah, this was like between. I would say uh, the city on Lothal where most of season one of Rebels took place. You know, that city where yeah. where Ezra grew up? About somewhere between that and, you know, between Moss Eisley and that, I would say. You know, it's a big enough that there's p- potential for a lot of adventure in that one place, but they don't stick around for that long. Uh, but, as it turns out, the mechanic is also uh, being paid by a bounty hunter to keep an eye out for her target. And that bounty hunter is... Fennec Shand. She's not identified by name in this episode, but it's the same helmet 
Same. It's, it's, it's Ming-Na Wen doing the voice. Yeah, they don't need to say who it is. We know who it is. Bounty hunters tend to not copy other bounty hunters' looks. Mm-hmm. Um, want to say that there was like a pair of twins that were bounty hunters in one of the old Star Wars now Legends continuity books, but I could be misremembering things. Um, regardless, uh, so Hunter and Echo going to go into town to go on the supply run while Tech uh, stays behind to deal with the transponder and wreckers there to basically pull pull components out of the ship until they can get to it. So I right, pull that <coughs> out. Up, oh, that's not it. All right, pull that out. All right, that one. Keep yeah, going. Keep going. I'll tell you when to stop. Don't break them. Just remove them. <laughs> I kept expecting Wrecker to do that. And have yeah. to be like, um, yeah, for him to like rip the transponder out, well, and, then, and then Tech was like, "You didn't need to do that. I could have fixed it while it was in there." Well, no, I was thinking, I was thinking of uh, Ratchet's character in Transformers Prime. Uh, whenever um, uh, one of the other Autobots did something to his stuff, he would be like, "I needed that." Yeah. Um, but stuff that they can sell. Uh, but the essentially the pawn shop that they're going to doesn't deal in like uh, some of the stuff that they're trying that they're trying to sell, like the last explosive that they have, which Wrecker didn't really want to part with. But hey, you know they figured they could get some money for it, and the pawn shop owners are sort of like, "I run a reputable business that might get you a, a lot of money on the on the black market, but I don't deal in that sort of stuff." Uh, and Echo, we should note at this point, is dressed like he is a droid. Like he's wearing like a full, like bodysuit with like a cowl, cowl that covers like all the skin on his head, and then he has like a little helmet with a pull-down face mask that makes him look like a droid. Yeah, it's nothing like his Bad Batch suit. Yeah. Um, and the but but then the pawn shop guy just sort of spots Echo while he's like. Interacting with Omega, who's like playing with some doll that was she found on a shelf in there, and he's just like, "How much for your droid?" He's <laughs> like, "I'll give you two thousand for it." It's, well, it's like you know, and and Hunter tries to play him off like uh, uh, he's a military prototype. He's like, "I'll give you two thousand for it, for it," and Echo's like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> Hunter's just like, "Go along with this. You, you know, you will get some money out of it. We need the money." You go on, go on in the back, and when I give you the signal, you just walk out. <laughs> and so he's just like, "Fine, but not at that price. I'm worth more than that." It's like we'll sell it to you, we'll sell them to you for four, three, 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 three. And that's and that's when I looked at over at you, and I was like, "You should have gone for thirty five hundred. Yeah, exactly. Come on, the guy is clearly willing to pay more than the two thousand, but not as much as not as much as four. Haggle a little bit more. Come on, if you've seen Pawn Stars, you know how to do this. Yep. <laughs> no wait, I'm confusing that with confusing Pawn Stars with Storage Wars. Never mind. <laughs> but um, uh, so they 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 get agree on the price. But while this is going on, Omega gets distracted by a, by a couple of like little dog creatures that are just sort of yapping away in the back of like a little trailer that stops nearby. And she's just, you know, of course, little girl, immediately drawn to cute uh, dog things, cute puppies, you know. And so she goes over to like play with them. One of them snatches the doll out of her her hands because it sees toy. 
Well, well, not only that, but she's probably thinking, I didn't pay for that. Yeah, that's a fair point also. Um, And then she goes chasing after the the trailer when the guy drives off of it because the dog still has has the doll in its mouth. And, of course, this means that she's not paying attention to... What's to where she's going? Hunter's busy getting uh, getting paid for Echo, <laughs> and uh, then he suddenly turns around. And he's like, "Oh shit, where'd she go?" <laughs> and at that point, he goes off looking for her. Where it, he goes in the same direction that she goes in, but obviously she's much further ahead. Well, yeah, and it's not on you. It's not surprising he would go in the correct direction because. This is Hunter we're talking about. Expert tracker. Yeah, but I'm sure he needs his helmet to help him track. I don't, I'm not so sure about that. I'm pretty sure uh, he can... Because his senses were enhanced in, gen, in general. Like Crosshair, yes, the little thing that he has on his helmet helps him with his aiming, but he is a crack shot even without it. So he's, he's the Wolverine of the group. He's good at tracking. Yes. <laughs> Just like Wrecker... Is very strong. Doesn't need his armor to make him strong. Tech is very smart. Doesn't need his his helmet or anything to help him be, you know, good with basically any sort of tech that he comes across. No, but it helps. Yeah. So, well, it's like we have another example of tech and his just sort of like, you know, quiet, you know, or quiet smug competence in just about anything when he's when they're talking about needing to make to modify their transponder to change their. ID code or whatever, and Wrecker's like, you can do that. He's like, of course I can do that. <laughs> I'm, I'm half. I'm, I am expecting something to come up this season where Tech thinks he can he can deal with something, and then it turns out no, <laughs> he can't. Yeah, I just want to see that one moment where he's just like, I don't know how to do this. Or no, well, no, I'm half expecting him to think I can't. I can do this, and then he gets partway through it, and the things like been disassembled, and then he realizes, shit, I can't do this. <laughs> um, but anyway, Hunter goes goes trying to track track Omega down, and Omega by this point bumps into a bumps into Fennec Shand. She has no idea who Fennec is. Has no reason to be suspicious of her or or mistrusting of her has never seen probably never seen a bounty hunter before in her life and even that even if she had it's not like all bounty hunters wear uniforms that scream I'm a bounty hunter nope they just wear the armor that they the outfit that they know will suit them to get the job done basically uh, but and so Fennec's just sort of like you know what's wrong because she can tell you know Omega is putting off all the signals of like Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! I don't know where I am. Where are my friends? Uh, that sort of body language and and behavior kind of thing. And so she's just like, "Well, why don't we go and try try to find your friends?" And meanwhile, she's leading her in the opposite direction of where Hunter is. <laughs> uh, not that Omega seems to notice or anything. Uh, Omega gets hungry, and Fennec just sort of arranges for them to steal a couple of fruits off of passing. Uh, Person carrying a big, big old fruit basket. It's, yeah, it's the usual case of guy bump. carrying big basket, bump, fall. Oh, here, let me get you that. Get yeah, that and, and you see it. She takes some, of the, uh, a couple pieces of the fruit, throws it into her helmet, gives the rest of the guy. Um, Omega sees that, looks down, sees blaster. Yep, and Fennec sees that she sees the blaster, and just sort of gives her a look like what, <laughs> like what. 
Yeah. And then as they're walking away and she tosses one of the fruits to Omega, Omega's like, you didn't pay for this. And Fennec says, it's okay to break the rules sometimes. That's going to come back around on uh, on them at some point because Omega's going to remember that and she's going to use it and it's going to go badly for her and the Batch. I just know it. It's going to happen because the Batch is going to set some rules or something for staying safe while they're laying low and Omega's going to think it's okay to break the rules sometimes. Um, but eventually Hunter catches up and is immediately on guard because... I guess maybe he just sort of picks up on the body language from uh, from Fennec, or maybe Fennec sees uh, sees Omega's re- response to Hunter and is just sort of like, "Oh, this is one of this is now going to be a problem," and starts shifting into get ready to fight mode. And yeah, there's a fight, very brief, and Hunter briefly gets the upper hand, like overpowering Fennec because Fennec manages to get her hands on his knife. Because he doesn't have his blaster on him. Or maybe he did, because he did start shooting uh, during the chase later. But I guess maybe he's more comfortable with his knife than his, than his blaster. Yeah, I mean, it's like Jason Statham in the Expendables films. Mm-hmm. He preferred knives over guns. Guns for show, knives for a pro. And that was usually the funny rivalry between him and uh, Stallone's character. Yep, him and Barney. It's like, oh, my knives can fly faster than your bullets. Yeah, but I can <laughs> which, is, which is just not true. And he's like, yeah, but I can shoot faster than you can throw. Yeah. Like, she has, like, she's trying to sink the knife into him. She's also got her blaster up. He's, like, trying to keep it away from not pointing at him. And he finally just, like, starts twisting her wrists, her wrists backwards. And she ends up dropping them, but then... She's wearing a helmet, so she just headbutt and knocks him out long enough for her to start chasing after Omega again, and yada yada yada. Record uh, the the hunter raises the raises the, the alarm over the batches comms. Wrecker goes off. T- you know, by this point, has gotten the transponder out for uh, for Tech. Tech is you know when Tech hears this, he's like, I'll hack into the. Hack into the local security security and grid. <laughs> when, when he when he took the tracker out, I seriously kept thinking that he was going to like completely rip it out to the point where it was useless. Yeah, me too. But uh, he just pops it out and hands it to him. He goes, "Here you go." He's like, hey, "With a few modifications, this should this should work." Yeah, but like like you said earlier, it's like I was half expecting Wrecker to just go a little bit too far with it. But uh, when the you know tech goes off to hack into the into the cameras, Wrecker goes running off to go try to to try to catch up to Omega, who by this point goes down into the sewers to get away. But while she bumps into Wrecker down there, then Fennec catches up, and I knew it was going to happen as soon as Wrecker went to go deal with Fennec. I'm like, please don't make the big guy who's really strong be like easily one shot <laughs> by a woman half his size. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, bigger they are, the harder they fall, and True. apparently she knew how to easily take his ass down, because, come on, she, she's a bounty hunter. I imagine she's taken down This part. is Mulan. She knows Kung Fu. <laughs> she got down to business, and she just yeeted his head into the wall. 
knocked it, knocked it knocked out. right into a pipe with steam blowing out of it and everything. I <laughs> thought he was going to turn around and be like, "Is that all you got?" And then he and then, and then yeah, just sort of like, "Come on, you can you can hit hotter than that." And then just <laughs> or she like. I don't know, roundhouse kicks him or something. Yeah, yeah, but instead, get at no, least a couple more. No, she on. just basically just intercepts his intercepts his swing, just right into the wall, and he's out. <laughs> yep. And then after that, she takes off running. His helmet falls off after he lands. Um, and uh, she, Omega, she, she gets to the top of this damn tower, like a maintenance tower. I'm yeah. Like, why is the is the is the maintenance tunnel and in a tower unless there unless the tower also has like like com like a com grid thing well it, well if you did notice there was a security camera at the top of it cuz it was looking down at her mm. while she was hanging on to it so it might be a security like a security post almost yeah you know like a signal booster for the whole com system and security system yeah right? exactly but it's still like why the sewer Go all the way up to the top instead of sewer. Come up to ground level, and then there's a separate ladder that go to top of tower. But hey, maybe I'm overthinking things. <laughs> hey, look, it's whoever designed the damn city. It's just like this okay, okay, sure. If it makes sense to you, we'll go for it. Hey, it's cheaper this way, so we only have to pay for one big long ladder instead of two smaller ones. <laughs> exactly. Itemized list. They just they look at the number, not the necessarily the. <laughs> The quantity, not necessarily the price. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but uh, yeah, they point like every single security camera that's available to look at her and say, uh, "It was Tech who is hacked into all of this." And he goes, uh, "Yeah, she's hanging off of this uh, tower." And Hunter's just like, "What do you mean hanging <laughs> tower?" <laughs> so he goes off to get her, and that's steals, where steals a speeder bike. <laughs> Hey, he steals a speeder bike. At which point, I was just like, "And this is why you never leave your keys in the ignition. I don't care how safe you are." Because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, they could hotwire it, but that takes some time. And that guy was like right there, exactly. But keys in the ignition, so just <laughs> straight off. Um, and Fennec is there. She's like, she catches Omega just as she starts to fall, and is getting ready to like pull her up, and then sees Hunter coming up. Sees a passing truck with some like, uh, like boxes essentially, you know, in the back of it. And it's just sort of like tuck and roll when you hit the when you when you land, kid. <laughs> yeah, there was definitely no tucking or rolling in that landing. Nope. Uh, but they both land in it, and then Fennec is just like trying to shoot down Hunter. And there's a, there's a chase scene. Long story short, um, Fennec doesn't catch her. Ends up hijacking another vehicle, which ends up blowing up. She shoots a couple of cops in the midst of all in the midst of all this, or shoots one cop, which takes out both. Um, and well, she shoots the one on the left, and uh, guy, guy, kind of like causes his bike to drift over, slams into the other guy. They slam into a building. Yep, and it's just like nice shot. And she was like, I was aiming for, for the, the one, one on the, the right. left. <laughs> I was aiming for the one on the right. Oh, you were thinking that too, huh? <laughs> yeah, I got there about the same time you did. But Hunter. Uh, gets Omega, but you know, with uh, Fennec now stuck on stuck on ground level, no other vehicles handy to hijack. They make it back to the ship, which by this point, Echo has escaped from the uh, pawn shop, taken along a bunch of maintenance droids that he also had in the back. 
He just literally removed their restraining bolts <laughs> and walked out the walked out the door. Grandma sounding uh, protocol protocol droid. droid is sitting there going, "No, I'm the one in charge here." He's like, "You're not going to be in charge here for very long with those uh, uh, things attached to them." So, but I can pop them off easily. For That's you. why I'm the supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Karen as a as a protocol droid. <laughs> I'm and, the one in charge here <laughs> and very old. Yeah. Um, Maybe Phyllis, then. I don't know. <laughs> whatever the whatever the boomer generation's Karen was. But, uh... He takes the maintenance droids back to the back to the hangar so they can help put the ship back together because it's in quite a few parts. Way too much for one person to put, put together quickly because they need to try to make a quick getaway. Um, but, you know, with the maintenance droids there, they get the ship repaired so that they, they can take off. He... Echo turns to turns to the Karen bot and just sort of like, all right, now you're in charge again, and then just leaves. And she, and she takes the droids back back to the shop. I would, I guess I, we never really see what happened. Doesn't really matter. Yeah, they you don't really see what happens to them after they get them done. Yeah, well, everybody piles onto the ship. Wrecker's been complaining about how he's missing all the action, just running here, here and there. As like as he's running back to the hangar, he sees the cops heading back in the direction of where the chase had been taking place. He's like, "I'm missing all the fun." <laughs> uh, but they get back on the ship and, and take off, and the mechanic guy is just start, is like, "Wait, wait, wait! She hasn't paid me yet." <laughs> uh, we do get a bit of a follow up with uh, him and Fennec. When Fennec shows up and he's just like pleading, just like I tried to stop him, I tried to stop. Him. Please don't kill me, please don't kill me. And she just tosses him a credit chip and it's just sort of like, call me if they come back. <laughs> and then she walks away mm-hmm. and gets on her communicator and says, "So the they tar- got target got away. Target got away, but I know how to. Tra- what did she say? I know how to track them. Something like that. <clears throat> now here's the thing, though." She doesn't get a response at all. She just kind of like looks up at the stars. She's like, I know, and you went toward that one. It's like she didn't do anything quite like that, but you got the impression that she was just sort of like, hmm, and if, and I, if I were going to hide out somewhere from the Empire, where would I go? Tatooine. <laughs> uh, the huts control that. Yeah. Um, but on the ship, they managed to identify the fact that she was a bounty hunter without knowing who she was. But they basically are like, if we find out who she is, then we'll know who hired her and why they're after Omega. <laughs> because it was pretty clear from all the interaction there that she was after Omega. Not all of them, just Omega. Yeah, but we don't see who she was talking to. So it could be the Empire, it could be could another be, bounty hunter. Could be the Cayman Owens. Could be. They could have hired her. Well... It's like, yeah, well, we know the Kaminoans are looking for enhanced clones so they can... They're like, you, you're no longer interested in our old product, but may we introduce you to our new product, <laughs> which is enhanced and therefore better than your conscripted troops and the old, and the old clone troopers. It will only cost you a lot of money. <laughs> a lot of credits. Yeah. Imperial credits. Um... <clears throat> But, yeah, and that's where where the episode ended, with th- them just sort of wondering why they're interested in Omega. It's because she's a Jedi. Because <laughs> she's Force-sensitive. Yeah, because she's Force-sensitive. We all know it. It's just like... 
If it turns out she's not, I'm fine with that. I'm honestly... Every Star Wars property has had some Force user in it. Period. At, at some point. Yeah. Even if it's just, you know, be, you know, flicking things around with, you know, a little twitch of their fingers and the little telekinetic thing or, you know, things like that. But a Force user always shows up. All of the Skywalker saga, of course, there's Force users all over the place. Solo one. Yeah. And, and that was and, and that was Maul. Solo, yeah, it was Maul. Rogue One, Vader. Yeah. But Vader, I think, only had a total of, like... Two scenes. Two scenes and, I think, five minutes of screen time total. I think it was about... Yeah, they made the most of those five minutes. <laughs> from him from him basically telling Krennic what an absolute failure he was on Mustafar to the hallway scene. <laughs> Let's not choke on your own ambition. <laughs> uh, Mandal- Be careful not to choke on your aspirations, Director Krennic. <laughs> um, Mandalorian... Of course, we had Luke Skywalker show up at the well, very end. And Grogu, yeah. <laughs> and Ahsoka. And Ahsoka. Um, Re- Rebels, there were t- there was there was Kanan and Ezra. And of course there was Ahsoka and the and the Inquisitors in all over the place also. Well, it makes sense for them to have force users and rebels. Mm-hmm. Um in Bad Batch, yeah, we saw some Jedi in the first episode, but you know, honestly, if there are no if no Jedi show up for basically the rest of the series. We're not going to bat an eye. Exactly. Because everything does end up revolving around them. And there are plenty of other stories you could tell in the Star Wars galaxy that don't have to involve the Jedi. Um, but, let's face it. A Jedi or Force-sensitive is going to factor... Force-sensitive stuff is going to factor into the plot. It's, go- it's going to happen. But, um, hey, you know, that's... Just the way it is. The only series of the only thing from the announced Star Wars properties I could have seen that didn't have, wouldn't have had anything to do with that, was going to be uh, Rangers of the New Republic. But that series got canceled. It did get canceled. It did get canceled. Oh, because of um, mm-hmm. uh, what's her face getting fired? Gina Carano. Damn. I mean, he can. Re- I mean, the script can always be reworked, and you know they could retool it. Yeah, but I imagine that he already had most of it written. No, he had everything written. Well, there you go. It's like rewriting everything. Rewriting everything would have taken too much time. John pushed the series back. There are reasons why John was pissed when Gina got fired. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, New Republic was supposed to be her show. Mm -hmm. It was supposed to be more about her character. Now, whether or not it was a prequel or it was going to be a follow-up to... I suspect it was going to be a follow-up. Because it was called Rangers of the New Republic. And she pretty clearly was not interested in signing on with the New Republic for a long time, and it wasn't until she basically got uh, drafted by uh, by that ranger that showed up uh, second season of Mandalorian and just tossed her a badge, and she was like, alright. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a shame. I was actually looking forward to that one. Yeah, but... But, hey, I mean, things could change. But with all the other Star Wars properties that they're developing right now, you know, if they don't have... To, the, one is not going to be is not going to be too big of a th- too big of a thing. Heck, maybe he is planning on rewriting it, but the rewrites are just going to be so extensive. It's just like we're just going to cancel that series. Maybe it'll come back under a new name with new plot and, uh, and everything. Yeah, but this is how I'm seeing it. If James Gunn can get rehired, then so can she. Mm. Yeah, except James Gunn's uh, indiscretions, shall we? 
just use that term term for this. Really, just like bat, you know, stupid things that he posted on social media. Was, like what? He was like years and years ago, uh, and doesn't reflect the person that he is now. Sort sort of thing. It's like yeah, okay, the things that he said were shitty things, and he, you know, should have delete should have deleted them a, lo- a long a long time ago, and you know, come come forward and apologized for. It's like I said these things; they were not. They were things that I shouldn't have said. Should have. Uh, Come clean, you know, cleaned up, clean that up a lot sooner. That's not doesn't reflect the person that I am now. It, it falls under the young and dumb category. Exactly. Gina's stuff was far more recent. Yeah. <laughs> it was very, very current. Because what is she in her thirties now? Yeah. Well, no, this was like all stuff that was happening. You know, you know, within the last couple of years. <laughs> it's not like this was you know back years and years ago, young and dumb scenario. This was like no, this is like current and dumb, <laughs> which people are far less forgiving about. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I was like, look, if you keep it out of the stuff that you're doing, fine, go right ahead, use your freedom of speech, but keep it out of whatever it is that you Freedom you're... of speech is not freedom from consequences. That's the thing that people keep forgetting. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like... Uh, it's like, you, the freedom, of, the freedom of speech, you know, in the First Amendment just basically means the government cannot tell you to shut the fuck up. It's like, go on, keep talking. Yes, but Disney is not the government. It's only a matter of time until they buy the government at this point. <laughs> at that point in time... Welcome America... to the United States of Disney. <laughs> Mickey is God now. <laughs> but meanwhile, in Marvel... Mouse, in Mouse we trust. <laughs> but meanwhile, the Marvel fans are just happy to see the X-Men in the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and Star Wars fans are happy just seeing new Star Wars stuff. But the uh, among the uh, the other things that they announced, uh, all the Star Wars crap. The only one that I'm confused by is the acolyte. Well, we don't really know anything about the about what the acolyte is really going to be about. It's you know we just have the title. There specu- there's speculation. I don't know that we have any concrete info on what it is or what it's about. Or who the acolyte is supposed to be? I, I know that we're supposed to be getting a live-action prequel series for Rogue One. Hey, oh, about uh, Cassian. Yeah, uh, I think the series is called Andor. Yeah, it's called. It's, that's all that it's called is Andor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen some of the behind-the-scenes stuff for that, and it looks like Rogue One still, but obviously takes place before. I'm just going to go ahead and see if I can Google Star Wars The Acolyte and see if we have any info on, on what it is. So, Wikipedia, which is going to have something. Yeah, it's going to have something. Uh, show will focus on the emergence of dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. So, this is well before, like, episode uh, one. Well before episode one. So. Hey, maybe that's going to sort of focus on the on the Sith, you know, organizing things for future uh, for future plans. So we're going to see maybe a young Palpatine. Depends on depends on the on the time period. I admittedly don't know a whole lot about what time period the High Republic era is. I don't know if that's necessarily like uh, in that in that time period. Uh, could be, but let me just see High Republic era. Uh, Preceding uh, fall of the old republic. Uh, so yeah, I guess this is uh, 
between approximately three, 300 years before the Battle of Yavin and, 80, and 82 before Battle of Yavin. So, Battle of Yavin, of course, is the end of the first of episode four uh, of New Hope. So this is, no, this isn't really necessary, this isn't really, well, potentially it could be, because it, you know, what was that, like, the ending time period of the High Republic era? 82 years before the Battle of Yavin. Yeah, that's not going to be about Palpatine. Palpatine is not that old. <laughs> this uh, could be about Darth Plagueis, though. Oh, Darth Plagueis the Wise. Yeah. So, yeah, we could... Definitely, or whoever Palpatine's master was. It was from what I don't remember whether they confirmed whether it's been confirmed that Plagueis was uh, uh, Palpatine's master. Um. Yeah, which I could have sworn that's who he who his master was was Darth Plagueis. The way he the way he, uh, he was talking to Anakin and in, in uh, Revenge of the Sith heavily implied. Implied it, but Darth Plagueis. It was his. Master. It was Darth Plagueis. So yeah, this could be more about Darth Plagueis. Um, well, hold on. Let's see if there's any info on when uh, Sheev Palpatine was born. Palpatine. I'm sure this makes for great uh, content on an audio podcast. Just some silence as we look stuff up on our phone. Oh, you'll edit it anyways. Yeah, not that much. Uh, let's see, Palpatine. Born 84 years before the ba- Battle of Yavin. So he was 84 years old by the time the first Death Star was made. Yeah. Um, so maybe it's it'll focus on him. We don't really have any details, really, on when uh, exactly the acolyte is taking place. Just that it's in the in like the twilight years of the High Republic era. So maybe maybe it'll be about him, which would honestly be an interesting show, uh, sort of exploring the origins of the most evil bastard to populate the freaking galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Witness the rise of Space Hitler. <laughs> yeah, and I'm honestly hoping that we also see some of the other Sith from that time period also, because I think... Yeah, it was before the Rule of Two, I believe. I don't know about that. But, again, it depends It depends greatly on when in that time period the, the Acolyte takes place. But that's well in the future. Uh... Bad Batch, this episode was one that introduces a new recurring antagonist in Fennec Shand. Uh, but we just, there's so little information on what she's, uh, like who hired her and why they're looking for Omega. If it's the Kaminoans, they want her back. They want her back so they can, uh, it's like we are going to put you in a tube so we can take your DNA and make more clones of you. Um, or it could be somebody else completely. Maybe it's you know, because she's a female clone. We you know who is was there like another batch of DNA that was used to make the. I mean, if it was most likely, it could have been Palpatine who gave them some of his DNA since you know it's probably okay. Well, we want a clone that's force sensitive. Could but, be. 
But who knows? It could have been... Shoot, it could have been friggin' Obi-Wan Kenobi that did it. Could be. Could have been one of the Jedi that was stationed on Kamino. Well, I know that Obi-Wan was there for quite some time before he left in, uh, well, all in Attack of the Clones before he went and confronted Jango Fett. Yeah. And before he obviously went and chased after him. Um, so, who knows? I mean, there was stuff that we obviously didn't see. Yeah. Um, could have been, could be something completely different. It's just, there's so many, there are, Omega and everything about her is like the central question, or the central questions of the series. Like, you know, why did the why did the Kaminoans create her? Because, as Cut pointed out to Hunter, the Kaminoans never create something without a reason. I mean, I know it was technically count. I'm going by uh, Star Wars Bounty Hunter, the video game. Yeah. Because uh, in the game, Jango Fett is essentially hired by Count Dooku to ca- to uh, track someone down. And he hired multiple bounty hunters to track this person down, and Django was the one who came out on top. And he said, well, because you're the one who finished this whole mission, you've been chosen to be part of a cloning program. And he says, okay. And the only thing I want as as my reward is an unaltered clone for myself. Yeah. So. And we all know what what happened from there. Yeah, but since, since I'm... Fairly certain that game might be considered a Star Wars legend at this point. Who knows? They might decide to find some way to retcon that story into the main universe now. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what they're doing with all the new Star Wars properties, is they're picking and choosing stuff from what is now Legends continuity to make canon. Thrawn being a key example. Thrawn's popularity just proved so damn good and so big that they were just like, okay, we're going to put him in Rebels. And now he's canon. Yeah. And now he's can or now he's canon again. You're welcome. Um, I mean, the guy is literally the only non-human in the empire. Like, I'm not counting droids because they use the droids for like maintenance and stuff like that, and maybe for security reasons. Well, at the, or at the very least, he's the only non-human to make it to a rank that high. Grand Admiral is not something that gets handed out to just anybody, but thing is he was just too good at what he does you know for that for that to be an a an obstacle oh well, yeah i mean he took down bendu mm-hmm. uh well which i didn't think was going to happen until you saw him fall out of the sky yeah but the bendu was a creature far with a far stronger connection to the force than we've really seen in anything apart from uh like the father the son and the daughter that was a weird episode yeah um but, you know, Bendu could have just become one with the Force rather than just dead. But then again, we get, there's, it was sort of implied that a lot of Jedi, that a lot of Jedi, even if they didn't master the art of sort of sublimating themselves into the Force like uh, Obi-Wan. Obi-Wan or Yoda or Luke. Or Anakin. Technically he became Anakin right when he through the Emperor Palpatine into yeah, the freaking core you know, of his body still still remained. He didn't like his body didn't vanish like the others. That we really saw. I mean, we saw him burning the Vader armor, mm-hmm. but who's but to here's say the thing? We saw him die in Luke's arms. Yeah. His body was still there. 
So why Luke was just, he? Luke, Luke just put the helmet back on him and then burned the body. So why was he a force ghost then? Force ghost is not necessarily the same thing, but uh, and that's like a good example of what I'm talking about. But also remember in uh, for all that it was really badly written, Rise of Skywalker, that whole that whole thing when Rey like is contacted by all the Jedi that came before her, Frey Prince Junior, mm-hmm. Obi Wan Kenobi, Mace Windu. All of them. Yeah. You're hearing all of these voices implying that they have also become one with the Force. They just... Maybe it took longer for them to make make it to that point. Yeah. Plus, you... I mean, you still hear um, Obi-Wan and Yoda's voices in Force Awakens as well. Mm-hmm. And that's when they were talking to Rey after she touched the damn uh, lightsaber. But she had her little, like, Force vision. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, we just still don't really have a whole lot of answers about Omega, but then they've got another like 12 episodes to go with this, so they've got some time to spool it out a little bit and uh, drip feed us some some inf- some information before they give us the big reveal like three episodes before the end of the, of the season or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that they're going to have one hell of an ending to this particular show. Now, whether or not we get a season two or not, they have not announced it yet. I think there's, it's still, I think, too early for them to tell how how successful this is. It's not like with The Mandalorian, where Baby Yoda just basically made everybody like, I want more of this, like, immediately, so that they were like, all right, season two, go. <laughs> it's the ending of the first episode where he opens the little Carrier, yeah. you just see him hold his finger up like goo 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 goo. Exactly. It's just like, well, everybody, I, everybody watching The Mandalorian, the first episode of The Mandalorian, had the same reaction when we saw those green ears starting to pop up from the from the from the from the cradle, and we we were all just like, no. Oh, we finally got to see another member of Yoda's species, whatever the hell they're called. Yeah, and. Yeah, it's just everybody had the same reaction, and they were everybody was just like, "I want more of Baby Yoda." The fact that everybody, even after he his name got revealed, everybody still, still called him, still calls him Baby Yoda. I mean, it's also like the same thing with uh, Mando himself. We still call him Mando, even after we learned his name. It's just Mando is Mando is cooler sounding. Din Djarin, not a bad name, but Mando is just so much cooler. Well, yeah. Plus, that's what. Um... Plus, it was like. For the entire first season, that's what we knew him as. We didn't have any other name. It was just Mando. I mean, then that's what, uh, you know, Mr. Apollo Creed himself kept calling his ass, too. The thing is, if you think about it, that's essentially like calling a black dude the N-word. Instead of his name, just N-word. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure Mando is not a discriminatory word. I was thinking more like Jarhead towards a Marine. The way that those thugs in the bar at the beginning of the first episode threw it out there definitely felt like it was supposed to be an insult. Yeah. Could, could, could very well be just more like... Uh, could very well just be like, hey, jarhead. Exactly, that's how it, it... It's sort of it's sort of like very fine line. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I'm sure that in the case of... Uh, God, I'm forgetting the actor's name. The one who played... Um, Apollo Creed and freaking Rocky who was in this he was also Carl Weathers Carl Weathers thank you Uh, Carl I'm fairly certain that you know he and Mando probably knew each other for a long time and then 
He's the reason why he's got this job as a bounty hunter. Um, so I'm sure that Man- that Mando's just like, you know, he can call me whatever he wants as long as he keeps paying me. Yeah. Could be, but... And may- maybe I'm just trying to put a little bit too much... Uh, too much into into it, you know, sort of thing. But it's just it's one of those things. Just sort of like it's like you're just seeing some uh, Japanese guy, and you're just calling him Jap all the time. So what part of Japan are you from? Uh, downtown. Yeah, <laughs> that that joke. I'm from upstate. Okay. <laughs> uh, but so that for this, okay. <laughs> so where are you from, Janos? The Upper West Side. <laughs> um, so for this episode, I have to say that uh, it wasn't as action packed mm. as the previous episodes were. Not as dark. No. Nowhere near as dark. But once Crosshair comes back into things, uh, yeah, it's going to get dark again. Oh yeah. Um, Who but, wants to commit a war crime today, kids? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm wondering if whether or not, because of the way the last episode ended, if he's starting to like kind of rethink things. Like, damn, I miss my old squad. The, I don't. Yeah, I think that is absolutely what's going through his head. Just seeing the the elite squad just walking in and occupying the bunks that had formerly belonged to his brothers. That walking plus, past the the wall with the, the tally mark, marks, the tally marks on them, and him just sitting. On, on the edge of his bed and just staring at nothing just being like uh. it's like damn yeah, it's, it's just like like with Wrecker in that same in, that's in the same episode when uh, Omega accidentally knocked over uh, Crosshair's weapon kit Wrecker was just like oh I'll say it I can't I miss him <laughs> it's just like he shot you yeah yeah he did <laughs> it's just sort of like he just sort of chuckles and just sort of like yeah that guy what a kidder man he just shot me it hurt it hurt so much but oh man I miss him <laughs> yeah you miss the ones that hurt you the most you miss the ones that don't miss you literally <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah it's uh, definitely wasn't a very wasn't as dark an episode uh, I know that's not going to main going to keep happening because this is the early days of the Empire when they were just sort of like let's see what atrocity we can commit today uh, that and plus the, uh, the ending does leave you know have like a good mystery to get you thinking like who is who's after who's after Omega or who's who was Fennec talking to was it the Empire was it the Kaminoans was it Boba Fett who knows It'd be interesting if it was Boba Fett, like you, like you. Like I said, I like to think that it seems like I, I feel like the two, the two have known each other for a long time, may, probably through each other's reputations, but they probably worked together several times, probably. and that's probably the reason why he fixed her up. In why she basically is like, I now owe him a life debt because, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've sort of saved each other's life back and forth, but in this case, I was gonna die straight up, and he didn't have to save me because we weren't working together that time. It's like. It's like, yeah, like you said, I could see them have have having had work together. It's just sort of like, and when they're on the job, it's like, yeah, you saved my life from that guy that got the job on me. I saved you from the, from from that other guy that that time, so we're even. And then in this case, they weren't working together. He just happened to maybe she just put out a call, just sort of like, hey, I'm on I'm on uh, Tatooine. Do you want to hang out? And then he gets there, and he's just like, shit, she got shot. <laughs> and then he just saves her, <laughs> and then she's like, "Well, shit, now I owe you." <laughs> so, but it, it's a mystery that uh, has yet to be revealed. Mm-hmm. And at this point, 
Boba Fett is still only going to be like teenager. He's not yet uh, fully matured yet. No, but he was working with a crew. I remember he was working yeah, he with. Was, a... but he was still a teenager, basically. Yeah, but he probably the way I see it is that he probably learned a lot from them. Mm-hmm. Um, so he kind of learned a lot of like the ins and outs of being a bounty hunter and knowing not how to screw up the way he did in those episodes. Because yeah, granted, well, granted, this was, this was Bo- well, that was Boba before he was Boba. Well, his biggest advantage was being able to be on a Republic ship full of clones. And he could just walk around with the other clones. And they were like, oh, what's your name? Boba. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't say Fett. Yeah. He just said Boba because he knew that nobody was going to know who he was. Yeah. So. It's like, why would these clones have any reason to know who he was? It's not like he was being, it's not like he was being entirely raised on, on Kamino. No. We saw Django take him out and take him out on a joyride in his in his ship, you know. Yeah, and then Boba saw Django get his head cut off. Yeah. So there was a personal yeah, vendetta yeah. there. <laughs> that was a that was a real fun day out with dad, wasn't it? <laughs> wasn't it, Boba? Oh god, I just realized how they could have made take that take your it's take your kid to I, work day. I just, oh no. <laughs> I, just, I just realized how they could have made that scene way more morbid when he was holding up Django's uh His head falls out. Yes. <laughs> I've seen an edit that somebody has done of that. Oh god. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's just one. It's like how that scene should have ended with him, like, just touching the helmet and just. (laughs) You hear the sloppy, wet noises, the sound of bone hitting ground. And then a scream. (laughs) (laughs) No! Because physics be damned, because I know for a fact there was no way in hell he was able to squeeze that helmet hard enough to where the head was not going to fall out. <laughs> unless there, unless the, the armor just makes that good of a hermetic seal when it's a, when it's applied. I mean, I know that uh, that was when the Star Wars movies were still PG, and it wasn't until episode 3 that they raised it to PG-13. Yeah. Then again, maybe there was padding on the, on the neckline of the helmet that was just... Snug enough. Just snug enough to keep the head from just... <laughs> Possibly, I don't know. But, but I mean, hey. I mean, he did eventually get his dad's armor, yeah, and obviously repainted it, mm-hmm. uh, added some stuff to it, and then it just sort of got you know worn over time, and then he fell into a sarlacc pit. Somehow lost the armor, and then it got picked up by uh, Jim, uh, Timothy Oliphant's guy in the backwoods, uh, backwater town on Tatooine. Which did not look right on him at all. No, well, no, uh, and it was even more beat to shit. And then, <laughs> and then Mando's like, "Yeah, you don't get to wear that because you're not a Mandalorian." And the guy was like, "Cool, help us kill this crate dragon, and you can have it." He's like, "Okay, shit, you killed the crate dragon. Okay, here's the armor." <laughs> and then Bob was like, "That's mine." Yeah, that's mine. And Mando's like, "You're not." And Mando's like, "No, fuck you." And then Bob was like, "No, see, it is." Well, shit. Okay, I guess you. I guess it's see, see, see. I remember when I was watching that episode because I remember I was locked up in a hotel room at the time. Yeah. And the second he land, he got near Mando's ship, the Razor Crest, and he saw the armor. I was like, I don't know where this is going. Yeah. Well, yeah, because he was just beating the hell out of all those stormtroopers, and then he just turns. He just turns his head. And he's like, Oh yeah. <laughs> see, no, I, nobody's looking. I, I was it's re- mine. I, Yoink! <laughs> I was reading about how Robert Rodriguez, when he did that episode, he said that the one thing that he noticed about Mando was that he was essentially a gunslinger. So he figured that Boba should have been more like a brawler. Mm-hmm. So hence the reason why he was so good with hand-to-hand weapons. Um, Not that he's a slouch with shooting weapons either. No, but you know we only ever saw him use long-range weapons. We never actually saw him do the hand-to-hand shit. Well, and even then, if you go 
just on the movies, we never really saw Boba Fett shoot anything. He just turned up on Cloud City, collected collected Han, went back to Jabba's palace, and was just chilling there. We never really saw saw him shoot much of anything, even during the big fight at the skiff. Oh, he did shoot Luke's robotic hand. Yes. Uh, one, you know, and yeah, he got like one shot off, and then Boba Fett, Boba Fett, where? Funk! <laughs> and then he just fall, and then he ends up falling into the Sarlacc. Yeah, which he would have been able to boost out, but his jetpack was kind of damaged by a lightsaber. Wasn't a lightsaber. Well, it wasn't a lightsaber. He got cracked in the back by like the. No, no, no. Do you remember when Luke damaged it? It's been. It's, it's been, been ages since. It's been ages since I've seen since I've watched uh, Return of the Jedi. Because it's one of those movies that I've just watched so many times when I was a kid. Same here. <clears throat> that it's just sort of like, I know everything that happens in the movie. I don't really need to watch it again. But I kind of do. <laughs> Mostly to refresh myself on things. To see what, new, what more changes they've, put, they've made, to the, made to the movie since then. And because I kind of want to see old Rex. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, because he is technically in the film. Yep. It just, I just want to see that character and be like, ah! There he is! I see him! Yep, there's Rex. <laughs> Insert Leonardo DiCaprio meme of <laughs> pointing a finger. It's just sort of like, I know that guy! <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a good episode. Like you said, not as action-packed. You know, not but, as dark. But it's setting more of the plot in motion. There are other, there are other people out there looking for Omega besides uh, the Empire. Possibly. Or it's just the Empire is just like, we're too busy trying to get everything working. Let's just outsource the job. <laughs> I mean, it's not the... It, obviously not the first time we've seen them hire bounty hunters before. Like, come on, Vader had, what, all those other bounty hunters in Empire Strikes Back hunting down the Millennium Fog? And I love how in that scene, and they obviously reused this shit for uh, Mandalorian, was... When he said, and no disintegrations, he immediately <laughs> looked at Boba Fett. <laughs> There's a story there. <laughs> and so what is one of the things that we see Mando doing? Disintegrating shit. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, he had, uh, what was it, IG-88 was one of the droid, was one of the bounty hunters. There was Forlom. There was Bosk, who was wearing a reused Doctor Who costume. <laughs> hey, you know, they had it lying around. And they obviously filmed it in England. Well, yes. Um, Where well, else are you going to get a bunch get a bunch of like character actors who are good at playing sort of like evil scumbags to be like the imperial officers who all spoke with that sort of British accent? You'll notice. That's one reason I liked the that one officer in uh, Mandalorian who spoke more with like a southern like gentleman accent. The guy, the guy, that, yeah, the guy I know. that Bill Burr shot. Yeah, I, the thing is that I liked, I, don't, I liked that they didn't just use another Brit for the role. The thing is that I know who that actor was, but he's one of those actors who you, you know who he is, mm-hmm. but you don't know his name. And the last thing that I remember seeing him in was Rob Zombie's 31, where he played a guy who, guy who loved killing people. Um, well, he was sort of playing another character. Remember that, remember that killing, killing people. Killing because he's one of those... He spoke of burning con with such... Uh, fondness. Because <laughs> uh, he, he's one of those actors who I guess is really good at playing the creepy villain. Not like the one... The one that makes you feel like, I need a shower. <laughs> the one that makes you think, I need to shoot you and then shower. I need, to sh- I need to go take a shower and then shoot you and then take another shower. <laughs> or in and, then, and then clean my gun. 
<laughs> in fact, I need to disinfect the entire building. <laughs> As a matter of fact, let's just burn the building down. <laughs> start from start over. Which is what Bill Burr did, if you think about it. <laughs> he not only shot him, he then blew up the building. He's like, hold on a second. Pew! Bow! <laughs> now I can sleep at night. <laughs> Um, you know, but hey, you know he sort of proved that he was a sharpshooter <laughs> after all the talk of all the cracks made at the stormtroopers' expense. <laughs> but this and th- talking of talking of that, I so I read a thing online uh, about the uh, the weapons that the Empire uses because the Republic, you know the their gunshot like the blue lasers, which are, which apparently it's like that's something to do with like the 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 gas or whatever you know for the energy weapons which is more expensive and the empire just decided to cut corners and use a different kind of uh a different kind of weapon that used a cheaper gas richard brake richard brake that's right Uh, that was the guy in mandalorian uh and so that's why the why the imperial uh guns shot red bolts because it's you know it's using this cheaper gas who knows? Maybe that also explains why the why they they seem to be such terrible shots because they're using cheap guns. I blame I blame the helmets. That too. I blame the helmets because I know that they have made some cracks about how you can't really see see anything out of them. Well, yeah, didn't Luke say that in uh, Episode Four? He's like, I can't even see anything. Yeah. Well, you know, he was a little short to be a stormtrooper, so. Yeah, and I remember in the Family Guy version, it was Chris and uh, Lois go who was playing. Um, Princess Leia goes, aren't you a little fat to be a stormtrooper? <laughs> he goes, all right, well, you can stay here and rot then, you stuck-up bitch. She's like, wait, did Obi-Wan come bring you here? He's like, yeah. Now I'm not so fat now, am I? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're still fat. <laughs> uh, but, um, yeah, it was a good, it was a good, g- decent episode. Uh, yeah. Not every, not everyone is going to be, like, as awesome as everything, but, you know. No, you, still, you, you, you gotta, good. you gotta have those episodes where, okay, so, it's like it's, it's like here's we the, here's need to get from point from point A to point B. This is what's happening between those between those two things. Yeah, but you also need to have those episodes where you like take a break from like the action. You only have like a little bit of action. You need to have a breather episode. Yeah, um, you uh, you know it's but like it's just enough to make you excited for okay, what am I going to get next? Exactly. And D. Bradley Baker still is still a great voice actor because even though he's playing. Four, four characters that all basically have the same voice. They don't. <laughs> he has to modify each and every single one. And I'm convinced that when he does uh, his recordings, it's like on one day he'll do Hunter, on another on another day he'll do Wrecker, and then and then Tech, and then Echo. And I mean, he, he could, so that he so that he's not having to switch too much in the same recording see, session. See, the, that's gonna that's gonna mess up your flow. See, the bad thing is that I've seen voice actors who voice more than one character. Okay, so um, uh, the guy who did the voice for Rat Trap and Dinobot and Beast Wars, for instance, okay. there were multiple episodes where the two characters were interacting with each other, mm-hmm. and I was watching behind the scenes footage, and yeah, it was him literally just going back and forth between the two voices. And, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, so maybe D. Bradley Baker was doing that for the recording sessions. Could also be that he was, uh, you know, he was doing them separate, and they just sort of spliced the things together so that he could have, so that he could more easily stay in character for. For, for them because Crosshair 
has a much more distinctive voice than 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 some than some of the others. Records sound sounds different. See, Tech sounds different. You see and now the shift back and forth like that is probably going to shred your voice. See, you see now I want to see the behind the scenes footage of footage of him yeah. record doing the the, the recording because mm-hmm. obviously like I know that when it comes to voice acting, there's also the case of how many takes do they need to do? Yeah, because I was watching a take from Helsing. Ultimate, where the Rip Van Winkle character, who is supposed to be a German character, obviously full accent, can speak obviously fluent in German and everything. The voice actor, uh, if I remember correctly, wasn't really all that fluent in German, but learned it for this character. And there's a scene in one of the episodes where the character is singing in full German. And I'm watching the behind the scenes recording for, you know, this scene. And then they had her redo, redo a retake of it because I guess they just didn't like the first take. So it's like, okay, well, can you do it like a little bit more like upbeat, kind of menacingly on this next take or whatever? And then she just went and just did the whole thing all over again. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm not disputing that that's, you know, how some of them may do it. Uh, I don't really know a whole lot about how voice acting is necessarily necessarily done. It's something that, that kind of fascinates me. I do like playing around with voices. I, I mean, if you, I mean, if you want to talk about an actor who's actually able to do like multiple voices, Frank Welker. Oh well, yeah. I, I did not know that Frank Welker's natural speaking voice is literally the Fred voice that he uses for Scooby Doo. <laughs> that is his natural voice, and. Um, he was asked during a Transformers panel of, like, uh, how did you come up with the voice for Megatron back in the 80s? He went and explained it. He was like, oh, well, I thought he should sound like this. And he provided the voice that he originally did. And then he was like, well, you know, like, after, like, switching around from, like, one voice to another, we found the one that actually worked. And then he went and just said, I am Megatron in the full 1980s. Megatron voice, and of course that everybody got cheers yeah. for that. Uh, and then he was talking about how when he came back for season three, and season three is supposed to take place after the movie, mm-hmm. and he had a voice Galvatron in it, and they told him to essentially do like a somewhat impersonation of Leonard Nimoy's voice. Well, Leonard Nimoy, if you've seen the Transformers movie from the eighties, has that like not trying to insult the man or anything, but he was a smoker at one at for the longest time in his life, so he kind of had that semi-smoker voice to it. Frank obviously wasn't going to be able to replicate that, so he was like, well, the character's supposed to be more insane in this season because of the way the movie ended, so he just made him sound crazy. Yeah. So, and it worked. Um, and I, yeah, I do like watching some of the like voice actor uh, things. There, there, have been, there are some videos I've seen out there where they take voice actors and they just show them a picture of some random character... Not even a character that's in like a like a like a series or anything, just like some random drawing of a character, of some of some kind. And so they they'll look at look at the character and just sort of describe what they're picking up from what that, what the character looks it's, like, and then like maybe some general body language they can sort of pick up from it, and then they'll just make, make up a voice I, on the spot for it. I remember watching Seth Green when he went to go try out for the role of Chris on Family Guy. He was talking about how when he went, he said that he said I received a drawing of Chris on how he looks, and the voice that he ends up using for Chris is literally his impersonation of Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs, <laughs> uh, which cracks me up even more because they did reenact that scene from uh, 
Silence of the Lambs where he's doing the dance mm-hmm. and he goes, Would you do me? <laughs> I'd do me. <laughs> I'd do me. So hard. <laughs> um, so there was that. Um, and uh, of course, Seth MacFarlane himself, who voices several characters on the show, he voices Peter, Brian. Mm-hmm. Yep. Brian is his natural speaking voice. Yep. Uh, Quagmire, he does his voice also. It's, it's kind of amazing to see how many voices he does, and then there's the Simpsons voice actors also. I feel bad, because if you go and you watch the Simpsons movie, and you see, like, all the voice actors, and then they show all the characters that they voice, they get to Lisa's voice actor, one. Yeah. One character that she gets to voice. Um, like, uh, I know that uh, Dan Castellaneta, he voices Homer, and he also voices um, Krusty the Clown. Yeah. Um... And, uh, you know, you just, it just kind of like makes you realize just how talented a lot of these people are. And a lot of them don't get the credit that they deserve. Oh, yeah. Um, Dan, I, I know that a lot of them also do cr- transit, you know, they go back and forth between being in front of the camera and then being behind a microphone. Yeah. Because Dan had, Dan was in an episode of Married with Children where he played a gay guy because Peg was dancing with his husband. <laughs> and,. Al ended up becoming enamored by the guy simply because of the fact that he could cook and he hated soccer. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's I, I do love seeing voice actors doing stuff. I, as I mentioned to you uh, earlier today, you know, I started watching some of, some of Critical Role's stuff, and that's all voice that all of them are voice actors on, on there. You've got Matt Mercer as the as the DM, uh, Travis Willingham, uh, Laura Bailey, Ashley Johnson. Liam O'Brien, uh, Talison Jaffe, Simon, uh, Sam Regal, uh, and uh, Marisha Ray. Well, they need to find some way to get Vin Diesel on there. They got voice <laughs> oh my God, I would, I will, I would mark that fuck out if they got Vin Diesel in there. Because yeah, we know he's a big, big D and D nerd. Oh yeah, I know he played Dungeons and Dragons while well, they were filming Chronicles, Chronicles of Riddick, Riddick with. Judy Dench <laughs> and some of the other actors and I'm like why did they not have a camera set up for that because I would fucking watch somehow it. I knew that Judy Dench was a D&D player I, I well and you know uh, you remember his uh, The Last Witch Hunter yeah they he and the director and some of the cast members played the game together and he's like, we had so much fun. And the entire time he's wearing sunglasses indoors, and then he lifts the sunglasses up and shows how puffy and red his eyes are. I'm like, you got high. <laughs> I am convinced that his character in The Last Witch Hunter is just one of his D&D characters that, that he just wanted to play. No, no, it was the other way around. That, it was the other yeah. way around. when they, when they, While they were filming the movie, the director made a Witch Hunter class for him for that one specific game. Okay, uh, so but I, the way that the character and all of that stuff with with maybe it wasn't a Dungeons and Dragons thing, but that was absolutely some character that he played in some tabletop game that he just decided that, that he was like, I want to make a movie with this character, and they were like, Okay, you've made so much money off the Fast and Furious movies, sure, <laughs> go ahead and we bankroll it and we'll make it. It's like it's like I know Henry Cavill is a huge World of Warcraft fan. So I'm just waiting for the day where they make a character based off of him. They made a character in the game, an NPC in the game, based off the singer for Cannibal Corpse because they found out how much of a hardcore fan he was of the game. So the, the character in the game is called. Well, jo- we remember all those World of Warcraft commercials on TV where they with Ozzy, Mr. T. They all played, actually did play the game. See, for some reason, I don't. No offense to the man, I love Ozzy, but I can't see it. <laughs> That's the only one I have a problem with. 
you know, Mr. T, sure, I could actually see him playing a, playing a night, night elf character. And, night, and, a night elf mohawk. <laughs> um, and, How do you explain the mohawk grenade? <laughs> uh, but... Uh, oh, uh, I know Jonathan Davis from Corn. I know he plays his guild in the in the game is called Children of the Corn. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, the guy that they based off of uh, uh, the singer from Cannibal Corpse, the character in the game is called George the Corpse Grinder. And he said that when he actually found the character in the game, he actually had to snap a photo of his character with the NPC. And Joe. Um Manganiello. Yeah, he also plays. Oh, I know. Because he made fun of another, of a dude, like a younger dude who's like, you know, like one of those like 20-somethings who's ripped, looks like he belongs on Jersey Shore, Mm -hmm. uh, saying, you know, like, oh, I don't play Dungeons and Dragons. And then Joe posted a picture of himself who is older and is probably more jacked, saying, I do. Yeah. (laughs) He was... He uh, guest starred on Critical Role during towards the really? end of the first campaign. Really, not only that, his character Archon the Cruel ended up being put into a D and D adventure, an official D and D adventure. Wow! As like an NPC that that players can can interact with because of what his character did on Critical Role. He must have done something. I'll explain that off off mic. We don't need to waste any more time more time with this. We've kind of been rambling for the last like half hour on this, which is what we which is what you and I end up doing on these on these things. Like I said, I think I like I said, I think I know how much of this shit's getting edited out. I don't edit out all of this stuff. I just I cut out the little stuff before I do the little claps the little clap, and that's it. I don't really cut out anything because I'm. Have other things to, I'd rather do with my time than do a whole bunch of editing, but uh, yeah. So that I think will wrap up this edition of the Mando Cast. Maybe Zeke will rejoin us. Maybe not. He's in a bit of a mood right now because of you and I chose to do this instead of uh, Army of the Dead. Instead of Army of the Dead. Um, but hey, you know we have our interests. You know you're you're somewhat interested in that stuff, but you're like it's supposedly a sequel to Dawn of the Dead. Okay. The one that Zack Snyder did back in 2005, I think. Okay. Well, um, anyway, uh, that will wrap up this edition of the Mando Cast. So for Chris, I am Jay, and we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Abort to Death Mando Cast. Be sure to check out all the Star Wars content on Disney Plus and give us a like and subscribe. This is the way. 